Dragon Ball Super Duel. I've calmed down with my super dopes. What's up? My name's Kyle. This is my friend Jimmy. Jimmy, how are you? Good, good. Good, good. Because you know why? Because Dragon Ball? Talking about Dragon Ball. Exactly. I like that you read my mind on that. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a, a different episode today. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you should. At DBSuperDope1. The reason I mentioned that right in the beginning, seemingly out of nowhere, is because on Twitter last week, somebody... I won't say who, because I don't remember who. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly. I could look it up, but also I'm recording a podcast right now. I'm kind of busy, guys. Yeah, come uh, on. Yeah. So I uh, saw this tweet that was quote tweeted, retweeted a uh, few hundred times. And uh, the general gist of it was unpopular Dragon Ball takes. And uh, you know me, man. I talk about Dragon Ball. I have a podcast about it. It's called Dragon Ball Super Dope. Please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever the heck you listen to podcasts. Hear that? I said heck. Anyway, I obviously couldn't resist looking into uh, some of the um, enlightened thoughts of Anna Twitter. Anna Twitter? Is that what we call it? I think that's what Anna Twitter calls it, but I call it anime Twitter because when I talk about it to people that I know in real life who like, don't exist on anime twitter they're like anime twitter what the fuck is that that's a joke right i'm like oh no <laughs> you only knew <laughs> um i had to go read some of these takes and some of them were really really terrible yeah. and i get that's what makes them unpopular right mm. um others um i think people genuinely were struggling with the idea of what an unpopular take was like before we hit record, if you want to hear me coach Jimmy on how to form his own unpopular opinions, <laughs> uh, you can check it out on patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. But much you like witnessed it happen in real life. I did. I did witness it happen in real again, taking it off anime Twitter and putting it into a real life context is fucking mind blowing for me. <laughs> so I had to explain to Jimmy, like it's a take that you uh, feel in your heart of hearts that, uh, you know, is, the right thing uh even though many people would not agree with you so the example that i gave to him was for dragon ball i think this would be a a pretty easy example um it would be chala hechala is the most iconic dragon ball z or not maybe not iconic i mean i think you can't really argue that it's the most iconic it's the best we'll just say the best for terms of this example sake of this example chala hechala is the best dragon balls uh dragon ball opening theme ever all right, that's a popular opinion. An unpopular opinion would be Dragon Soul for Dragon Ball Z Kai is uh, the greatest uh, Dragon Ball opening theme. That's It's not wrong. I mean, it is. But if that's your opinion and that's the way you feel, it's an unpopular opinion. So I've got Jimmy working in the background here while I go through some of these uh, best and worst of these hot takes. But we're going to get some Jimmy takes in between as sort of like a palate cleanser today, okay? Um, and then I've got some of my own takes that, you know, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you've probably heard me talk about it at, in, uh, you've probably heard me talk about them at length at certain points over the last two years, over the last, uh, almost 150 episodes. So, uh, you know, this might sound kind of like, uh, old bullshit, just rehashed in a new way. 
And yeah, that's exactly what it is. So get with the program, son. Uh, and then we'll talk about at the end some unpopular takes that are so wrong that I I felt the need to um, address them and say, hey, not only is your unpopular opinion um, bullshit, but it's it's actually wrong. So let's start with uh, unpopular takes that are actually popular takes. So this would be Jimmy tried to lead with uh, what was your popular take? <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball GT something was the worst. Was that what your popular take was? <laughs> I think so. that was my unpopular take. So your unpopular take was that Dragon Ball Z was the worst. No, that. So Jimmy's your unpopular take was that Dragon Ball GT was the worst. Yeah, and you were like, oh, and I said to you, as the series, as all all the series, Dragon Ball GT is the worst of them all. That's your opinion, and you said yes, and I said, that's a popular opinion. You are in the majority when you make a statement like that. Yeah, but I just didn't get it because I like GT. So that would be, I mean, if if you like GT more than Super, that would be an unpopular opinion for a lot of people. Not everybody, but many people. I just like GT and people shit on it so hard. No. Yeah, people get people Fuck shit on guys. it a little GT bit more was than they awesome. Should. Yeah, I think so too. In a lot of ways it was a, a very good series. Uh, a lot of a lot of flaws, but uh yeah. <laughs> the flaws man, they hurt. But uh there's a lot of good in there too, there's a lot of fun, uh heartfelt moments, uh especially, you know, obviously toward the end of the series, knowing that it was gonna be the, the grand finale. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um all right, so the most unpopular takes that are actually a popular take. This is one that I saw multiple times, and I was genuinely perplexed by it because it is the, the way that I categorized these out when I did my notes earlier today was I would write down the take, and then I would pop it into whatever column that it fell into. And uh, unpopular takes that are popular were originally categorized as uh, the no shit column. So the first no shit statement that I have to share with you guys, uh, the Dragon Ball Kai dub is better than the Funimation dub that they did for Z in the late 90s and early 2000s. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Like that is the most no shit thing I've ever heard in my life. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me that? 10 years after the fact when they trimmed down the series significantly uh what, 167 episodes versus 291 I think is the Dragon Ball Z versus Dragon Ball Kai or I flip those around whatever uh that's the episode splits significantly reduced series with some updated animation updated music uh an opportunity for you to localize the script more faithfully and get rid of some of the continuity errors that early Funimation uh script transcription transcriptions uh script adaptations um inherently bred throughout the fan base and causing misinformation for fucking years you're telling me that version made 10 years after that one that i just described in you know brutish detail uh, that one's better no shit what the fuck did you even bother tweaking that tweet for <laughs> and here's the thing with the unpopular takes a lot of these takes I'm not going to read where they came from specifically. I don't want to call anybody out. Straight up. People have opinions. You've got your right to your opinions. But some of them are just fucking dumb. And that 
I think is one of the dumbest ones that I saw throughout the week. Um, the Kai dub is is better than the late 90s, early aughts Funimation dub. If we were giving out awards for these categories, I think I might have just went, led with the, uh, the category leader, category winner. What, dumbass of the week? No, no shit comment of the week. <laughs> no shit comment of the week. There you go. Uh, next comment that uh, I saw several times throughout the week that I also felt was sort of a no shit, not quite as a no shit, um, unpopular take that is a popular take. Um, Chi-Chi is not a bad mom. So people went out on a limb and said, I know this is unpopular to say, but Chi-Chi's not a bad mom at all. Oh. You mean her wanting her son to not go out and put himself in harm's way and to stay at home and be a great scholar and change the world through his education and shit? You mean to say that is her being a good mom? That's really weird. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> huh. It's almost like we equate her personality of being kind of overbearing and annoying with being a bad mom. Huh. Chi-Chi isn't a bad mom. Yeah, right? That's that's a hot, unpopular opinion. No, the fuck it isn't. Like, that is... Chi-Chi's very obviously a caring mother who... And I guess we could even build that further out to be like she's a, a caring... Uh, fuck's the word wife because you could also compound that to say that she's also a caring wife like she seemingly puts way more effort into a relationship with Goku than Goku ever reciprocates um it's super evident that she's all about just having a family like a normal stable happy family for her husband and her kids and herself down on the fucking base of Mount Pauzu. how is that an unpopular opinion that Chi Chi's a, a isn't a bad mom like I feel like we're talking in such fucking double negatives here that it's almost kind of difficult. Let me. Yeah, it's let me, hard to even say. Yeah. At this she, point, his unpopular opinion is that Chichi is a good mom. Is what I think the better way would be to say it. My unpopular opinion is that Chichi isn't a good mom. What? Maybe this person isn't really believes mom. that she's not a good mom. Because she's overbearing. This is like some 13-year-old girl that's like, oh, this reminds me of my mom. No, I think this person is making the argument that Chi-Chi is a good mom, and that flies in the face of most fan opinions that she is a bad mom. You can be a good mom, but still be fucking annoying as a person. Yeah, You can be sure. a loving person in a relationship. You could be a, a solid person in your family. And... For the purposes of this argument, be somebody who is um, a lot. Who, uh, <laughs> for the purposes of this argument, is is somebody that has a positive impact on the people around them, spouse and their children. All right, you can still be annoying and fucking have all those other good things going for you. I know lots of annoying people who are great people, still do annoying shit, and I'm like, fucking stop doing that. But I appreciate, you know. Overall, what they're about. Yeah. Overall, Chi Chi's all about just happy family and just raising her kids and, and, you know, no more violence. Stop the hate. Appreciate. Chi Chi's cooking. I don't like anything that I just said. So it's probably all going to end up cut. Um, 
Stop hating on Chi-Chi. That's my point. Um, last unpopular take that is actually a very popular take. Um, Dragon Ball Z killed the essence of Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball in its first iteration, uh, the anime we're talking about, because obviously the two series are just Dragon Ball in the comics. Um, the spirit of Dragon Ball was destroyed when it switched over to Dragon Ball Z, and the series was never the same. That's his unpopular take, his unpopular opinion in the Dragon Ball fandom. Again, I say, no shit. <laughs> you learn in the first episode of Dragon Ball Z that Goku is a fucking alien from another planet. <laughs> and they basically just give you a Japanese Superman. We've talked about it at length over the last couple months. The idea that Dragon Ball Z shifted the narrative from like less about martial arts based comedy to more like sci-fi based martial arts on a huge galactic scale to say that that killed Dragon Ball is one of the most no fucking shit things I've ever heard in my life I don't know if the people who tweeted the things that we just touched on briefly understand based on the kid who put the Chi Chi tweet out there I'm going to assume he's not even very good with words. You know, Chi-Chi isn't a bad mom. That's my unpopular take. You mean Chi-Chi's a good mom? That'd be a way easier way to express what you mean. Stop talking to this double negative shit. I just confused the hell out of myself. I apologize <laughs> to me in the future who will be editing this bullshit podcast. <laughs> and gets a goddamn headache trying to follow all the shit that we just said to make sure that we didn't sound completely like idiots. If you, the listener, caught us sounding like idiots throughout that whole thing just now, you probably used to us sounding like idiots. Congratulations. <laughs> if you want to hear more of us being idiots, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super. Jimmy. Yeah. What's your first uh, unpopular? What, no, I, I'm not unpopular. Because, again, the double negative language of the unpopular take thing that we just, just bleh, I have a headache. Um, hey, what's the Jimmy take? What's your first Jimmy take? Tell me something you feel genuinely about Dragon Ball, no matter how popular or unpopular it may be. <laughs> my first take I don't know that Majin Buu was a bad villain I like it so wait are you arguing for Majin Buu or against Majin Buu I like Majin Buu alright a lot of people uh, so I feel like we could look at your fucking take in two different ways you I like, like Majin Buu series cause like the arc Yes. All of the iterations of Boo. Not yeah. a specific character design, not a yeah. specific fight with Boo, but like yeah, the like, character I thought Boo of Boo was through good. all of his transformations. I hear people shitting on that all the time. Yeah, man. Boo is one of those uh, often ragged on characters in our fandom just because he's so OP. Um, and, I mean, it's not his fault, obviously, because he is a uh, fictional character, but... Uh, the way in which he was written was just to keep drawing it out, drawing it out, yeah, drawing it out, drawing. for sure. You know, so like, 
What's the way in which you can do that? Oh, suddenly the villain is adapted and overcome whatever bullshit Goku and Co. were throwing out their way that week. Exactly. And he does it by way of this magic or way of that magic. Or now he is skinny. Fucking turn you to candy. Fucking absorb you. Regenerate. Fucking whatever. It he doesn't matter. Kamikaze missile the entire effing world. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I, I, so you like Boo. That's your. I think that counts as an unpopular take. I don't think a lot of people appreciate Maybe not appreciate, but like I don't think a lot of people like Majin Buu as they as much as they might like a character like Frieza or Cell or Saiyan Saga Vegeta. Yeah, right. Um, like when I think of what the hell is a PS One Dragon Ball Z game, I want to say it was called Dragon Budokai Ball Three, dude. No, no, it was a Japanese only game. Oh, it wasn't the Atari one. It, the Atari ones. Um. I want to say it was called Dragon Ball Legends, but on the cover of it is the it's Goku in the front, and then the four major villains of each arc: Vegeta, Frieza, Cell, Majin Buu. And I remember always thinking, looking at that character, uh, looking at the characters on the on that cover, being like, "Man, all these motherfuckers are whack, <laughs> except Vegeta." <laughs> right? Nah, honestly, it was the reverse of that. It was all these characters are really fucking cool, except Majin Buu. He's kind of he just looks like a nothing-ish character to me. I- I'm not a huge fan of Majin Buu, especially when he um, loses all sense of uh, his personality and just gets mad primal in the Kid Buu form and just yeah. squealing and ranting and raging. You know, like right. I'm all set with that. Give me some Super Buu. Uh, give me uh, him with Piccolo absorbed. Uh, I'm all about that shit. Um, Kid Buu, not so much. But all right, good, good, unpopular Jimmy take. Solid. 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 Uh, moving on. I think perfect segue from your own first unpopular take is to run into my own unpopular takes real quick. And the reason I'm putting the second is because a lot of it's shit that I've already talked about. So if you want to fucking fast forward like five minutes, don't. And just listen. <laughs> It'll be quick. So my own unpopular takes in no particular order. One. Bruce Falconer, he can suck it. Him and his whole score can suck it. (laughs) All right, maybe that's a little bit crude. I've got nothing personal against the dude other than he desecrated Dragon Ball for a generation of American fans (laughs) with his terrible score that never lets up throughout any single moment of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, It is terrible. There is a reason why uh, they've never done replacement scores and localizations of Dragon Ball since. And the reason why is Bruce Falconer. Um, I only wish that they would stop localizing opening and closing songs. It is stupid that I can rock the fuck out to the My Hero Academia opening song each week in Japanese with no shitty English dub localization vocals over the top. And uh, then just watch the dub and be like, oh, this is a good dub. And I rocked out to the Japanese theme song. Don't, don't even feel like I'm cheating. Yeah, right. I guess that's an unpopular take. Because there are a lot of people, in, even listeners of this show, and I know that the listeners of this show who are, um, you know, funny, bo- funny boys. <laughs> that's a fucking stupid thing to call them. <laughs> who are big fans of the funny dubs. <laughs> who love the Falconer score. And that's the stuff that you were brought in on and grew up on. 
I totally understand your association with that and why you like that and why you love it and why what I'm saying to you right now might have you a little pissed off. I get it. Um, but you also know that I typically don't uh, take this stuff too seriously, even though I yell and say lots of mean words about it. It's just because I've got lots of hate going on internally in my soul. So <laughs> this isn't anything projected toward you or Bruce Falconer or anything. This is me just you know, finding a creative way to swear about things uh, that don't reflect on my own personal life. Okay? Okay. So don't take it personal, Falconer people. Up next. Don uh, Don Kokoro. Kokoro? Don Don Kokoro is my... You know what? Fuck that statement. I'm gonna be, let me rephrase. Don Don Kokoro is the best Dragon Ball opening song of all time. That's right. I said it. The opening theme song for Dragon Ball GT is the best Dragon Ball opening song of all time. I'm talking better than Head Shala. I'm talking better than We Got a Power. I'm talking better than Genki Topa fucking Limit Break X Survivor. I'm talking better than Makafushigi Adventure, dude. I just named most of the Dragon Ball opening songs in a row. <laughs> uh, I don't really dig the Kai openings. I like some of the Kai closing songs. Some of the Kai closing songs are fucking solid. Um, but uh, yeah, Don Don is my favorite. Is I mean, damn it, I gotta stop it again. This is my popular, unpopular opinion, I guess, but it's the best. Okay, it's my opinion. It's the best. It's unpopular. Get over it. Yeah, I realize, and I'm not above admitting that there is a certain amount of nostalgia tied to that. But also, that song fucking kicks ass and it instantly puts me in a good mood. Yep. Instant mood elevator. If you're having a bad day, put that shit on. I don't care that it came out in 96. Because listen, I was fucking rolling around the other day with the anime playlist. Rolling in my... my I always have an anime playlist going. But um, Chala, Head Motherfucker Chala came on. Head Chala came on. And uh, I listened to it and I was like... Phew, Man, this is the 80s. And Don Don came on and I'm like, shit, this is timeless. Like, it's uh, it's a classic tune. So that's my uh, second uh, unpopular opinion that, I don't know, I don't think it's that outlandish. Limit Break X Survivor is, that's the best one since Don Don, I think. And that's why we have an acoustic open in that we do is you know something yeah. bumps yeah but Don Don man Whew. this is my heart <laughs> and then I have one more unpopular take I think it's unpopular I almost accidentally not accidentally I almost put it into the um, no shit column but uh, I don't know man I, I feel like I need to get this off my chest a little bit and uh, I saw somebody mention it Maybe it just ties into the idea that I really liked the character design for the Ultra Instinct Omen before he gets all silver-haired and it's just like the natural black hair with the blue outline and it's all floaty and wavy. Love that design. And I was like, oh, he's going to perfect that and he's going to be more effective in the fight and look the same. Nope. He's going to get some silver hair. Um, I think Ultra Instinct is fucking bullshit. Uh for a lot of reasons that I'm sure that I've touched on uh, throughout early episodes of this podcast during the the live watch of the Tournament of Power as it was unfolding week to week, Ultra Instinct 
I think can be put up on the shelf as likely the, I hope anyway, because I don't know how the fuck else they top it, you know. Uh, I think it can be put up on top of the uh, pedestal as the most Dragon Ball ass pull of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, the biggest ass pull in Dragon Ball history. It is the way to still bring in really strong characters that are inexplicably stronger than Goku and his buddies uh, for reasons that you don't always understand because a lot of times the things that we're seeing on the screen are things that we've been seeing for years. It's the same, uh, you know, carnage and destruction, uh, the same level of, uh, you know, earth-shattering power-ups that we see in Dragon Ball Z is the same stuff that we're still seeing in Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. There's not really much difference to it. So when you bring in a character like Jiren and he just has this overwhelming power that you can't really explain outside of sometimes just a flash comes over his black dead eyes and poof, you're hurt, or poof, his power is... uh his power reflects your blast or whatever. Like that's the, the level that we're at with some of these Dragon Ball Z fights. Sometimes some of the late, later stuff that we saw in Terminator power, I think doing Broly in the movie form was probably one of the best ways to uh, get a little bit more creative with how Dragon Ball fights were structured. I think that's why that movie resonated with so many people and it's gotten such positive, uh, reception from the fandom is that they took the time to like not only reimagine the art style and the presentation of the movie but a lot of the fights and that stuff is stuff that you don't see a lot of throughout Dragon Ball or it's uh stuff that you do see throughout Dragon Ball that you know performs particularly well so uh coming out of the tournament of power going into a movie was almost necessary because some of that tournament of power shit is just so fucking contrived and I realize it seems like I've already kind of gone off track here but I say all of this to bring it back to Ultra Instinct is ultra bullshit. Yeah. Ultra Instinct's just that way to be like, all right, well, Goku's been getting his ass whipped by some powerful dude uh, for the last 30 episodes. Uh, all right, it's time for us to move on. Oh, well, how's Goku going to overcome it? Ultra Instinct, power of the gods, that kind of shit. Oh, well, hasn't he been fighting with the gods like the last 130 episodes? Yeah, well, this is like... <laughs> Him really fighting with the gods now. Yeah. Him tapping into the power of the gods. And it's like, oh, all right, that's different, I guess, because he's got the silver hair. It's a transformation, but it's a technique. Okay. All right. Yep. Fine. Yep. He's got the power of gods temporarily. And he can't access it whenever he wants. And uh, that's the whole thing about Ultra Instinct is, at least in this manga chapter that we're reading, He's trying to perfect it. He's trying to be able to tap into it whenever he wants. Maris is seemingly going to help him do that, but until that happens, Ultra Instinct is just going to dangle out there. As and I hope, I, I honestly, I hope that it continues to be that. Like it's just this thing that dangles out there that he just can't achieve. That's like the best case scenario for Ultra Instinct at this point. Because God yeah. fucking forbid Ultra Instinct becomes this thing that Goku can tap into like it's a goddamn Super Saiyan transformation. Yeah. What the fuck is the point of even having the series anymore? How are you going to elevate it further than that? You're already talking about powers uh, on scale with at least Gods of Destruction. And even that, you could argue that it's more than a God of Destruction because all the Gods of Destruction 
a marvel and, and wonder at it. And they're like, you know, only a few of us have ever done that a few times to where our thousands of years of existence. Yeah. The idea that Goku being able to tap into Ultra Instinct at will is, I, I mean, I'm sure that they could figure out a way to continue to build out the scale, but you're already at multi-universal levels. What do you do next? You've already got 12 other universes you can go explore. Potentially another six if 17's Wish brought back the previously erased six. You've got between 12, let's take seven out of it. Uh, you've got between 11 and 17 new universes to go explore the depths of. And we know how the God hierarchy works. And we've seen and met all of those people. And now we can just tap into Ultra Instinct whenever we want. And we know that you know, within the uh, you know the structure of the hierarchy of gods here, it doesn't make them the gods they of destruction. Always just invent new gods, dude. The gods of destruction are, you know, basically obsolete to somebody who can tap into ultra instinct whenever they want. At that, and then it's like, well, who does he fight next? The angels, uh, El Padre Grande, <laughs> Grand Priest, uh, yeah. and the two Xenos. So you got fifteen other characters left to fight. Um, there is that mention, um, pre tournament of power. I don't know if you know this, Jimmy, I've talked about it a couple of times. I, I feel like this is almost like a greatest hits of, of super dope sometimes uh, while we're recording this, um, before tournament of power, there is this conversation of like who the strongest five mortals are in the cosmos, like all of the multi-universes. Yeah. And I think the grand priest is described as like you know, in the top five, but not the strongest. Zeno, I guess, obviously would be the strongest, but there are other people in there that are, could, could potentially be stronger than the Grand Priest, but not quite as strong as Zeno. All right. Yeah. So that's been hinted at. Like, they, oh, that's how Dragon Ball has always operated. They've always, uh, you know, definitively have said, this is the strongest of the strongest. This is the God. This is the strongest person in the world. And they're like, actually, Nah, now this guy is the strongest of the strongest in the ultimate <laughs> god. Oh yeah. He would. yeah, Kyle Shin isn't that badass actually. There's this other way stronger god, god of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> who's his counterpart? Like, yeah, they're pretty strong, but like the angel attendance though. It's like, dude, if if Goku achieves a master ultra instinct, what the fuck are we doing? Are we done? Are we can we all go home? Do we make do we make this anymore? Do we kill Goku? No. Because what the fuck would Dragon Ball be without Goku? Right. Not Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. So I realized I just went off on a really long tangent about that. And I kind of gave myself a headache yelling through it. Ultra Instinct is ultra bullshit is my point. I'm sure that there were some pieces in there that uh, weren't super coherent, but I'm trying. Maybe we'll turn this into an essay. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, what's, uh, what's Jimmy take number two? Jimmy take number two. I'm terrible at thinking. It's an unpopular opinion. No. I like the character of Hercule. Like They're always framing him for winning everything, and the motherfucker's a millionaire. Yeah. I get I that Hercule. he's like a joke character, but... I mean, I kind of appreciate Hercule. Hercule. I hate that we're calling him Hercule. You need to stop that. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Satan. Satan. Mr. Satan. What I appreciate about Mr. Satan, uh, especially when he comes in, like that's a super serious part of Dragon Ball Z. It's 
like you cut tension with a fucking knife. Yeah, right. Even like all the heroes are really pissed at each other at that point in the series. Like everyone's just trying to be sh- like Vegeta and Goku are fucking pissed at each other. Goku and Piccolo have like a weird thing going on. Trunks and Vegeta have a weird thing going on. Goku's just looking at all the adults in his life. Gohan's just looking around at all the adults in his life being like, y'all motherfuckers need to take this a little bit more seriously and stop competing with each other because the world's going to die. So, and then Mr. Satan shows up and he's like, ha ha, tricks. Chris Rager, shout out. Yeah. Voice actor for Mr. Satan. I think he's one of, I, I like his voice actor in America almost as much as I like the Japanese voice actor. Yeah. Like, I don't say that about very many VAs. A couple of VAs for the English dub who do, are better than the Japanese voice actors, in my opinion. Oolong. Guy who does Oolong. Oolong. Way better than the Japanese Oolong. What, the English guy? Yep. Also, I think I prefer dumb stoner uh, surfer dude Yajirobe's dub voice actor to the high-pitched Japanese voice actor who I think might have voiced Krillin as well who is the voice actress for Monkey D. Luffy of One Piece (laughs) did you know that Krillin's voice actress is the main star of One Piece no Yeah, there you go that's why whenever uh, Krillin's around now in Dragon Ball Super, they make a One Piece joke. Nice. He gets a phone call. It's the One Piece fucking theme song ringing in the background. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Unpopular take is you love who? Herc- Mr. Satan. Much better. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he provides some much needed levity in that part of Dragon Ball for sure. And uh, as it transitions to Majin Buu, he kind of helps with that transition because uh, if it just went from like all super serious cell games with no Hercule comedy in the background and then goes to the goofiness that is the Majin Buu saga all at once, that's like the biggest of cliffs to fall off of. <laughs> at least he helps with that transition step. Um, yeah, a lot of people get annoyed with him, but uh, I personally love him, so I'm on your side with this unpopular Jimmy take. Mm-hmm. So good call, Jimmy. Jimmy take. Nice. Next category, unpopular takes that I read where I said, huh, y'all motherfuckers have a point. That's a good point. Your unpopular take made me think, and I've realized that you are correct or that I agree with you. Good job, guys. Way to go. Some of y'all think about Dragon Ball very deeply, and I appreciate your introspection. Introspection? Sure. Now I got to look it up. (laughs) Fuck! Well, I guess introspection would be more of their own. um, The examination or observation of one's own mental and emotional processes. Oh, my God. But in regards to how that works with your relationship to Dragon Ball, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, unpopular take number one, that has a point. The Saiyan arc is the best arc. And everything from there is really downhill. (laughs) And I read that, and for a minute I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Come on. Yeah, right. Second Art came out in 1989. You've been hating everything that's coming out for Dragon... Not hating, that's the wrong way to put it, but like, you've been thinking that Dragon Ball is slowly degrading in quality for the last 30 years? Wow. (laughs) That's dedication. But it made me stop and think, and I'm like, man... The stakes in the Vegeta arc truly do feel 
Like you can't get any higher than that because it's that point it, you're truly on the planetary level and yeah. you haven't gone dynamic and you haven't met Frieza. You don't even it's really more know. More personal. What. Yeah. It's uh not only is it more personal in regards to the scale of the battle, but just like all of the people are still actively involved in the fight. Gohan, Krillin, Yajirobe, earlier, Tian Chan, uh Tian Shinhan, uh Yamcha, Chaozu, like yeah. they're all involved and have their peace throughout this whole thing. And when you finally go to Namek, that's when like the space opera or like uh the science fiction aspect part of it, like yeah, we found that like I said earlier, first episode of Dragon Ball Z, you find out Goku's an alien. And then they go to Namek and you're like, fuck. On other planets now and shit. This is different. It's like it's a brand new world for Dragon Ball, and I think uh, a lot of people. I love the Namek saga. Um, yeah, I love the Cell saga. I think Cell might be overall Cell Android saga. However you want to look at that, um, it's probably my favorite pieces of Dragon Ball. But the Saiyan saga might be the best written when you consider it from start to finish. Start meeting when Raditz shows up to the end where Goku finally like. Goku's died, come back from the dead, uh, you know, and manages to beat Vegeta uh, with the help of his friends to get him to retreat off world. And just like the accepting of, uh, you know, that he's this alien creature who's got this fucking potential and he's got this greater purpose to protect the world, at least in this instance, like the hero piece of it doesn't feel so lost in the mix because a lot of what Vegeta, Nappa, and Raditz were about was, yeah, checking in on Goku, see what he's up to, but. Also, let's make sure we fuck up the earth as well because it was yeah. supposed to get fucked up a while ago. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So, um, And a lot of times after that, villains are just coming to fight Goku. Yeah, and after that, it's like, oh, Goku's got a fucking target on his back because he's so yeah. GD, you know, um, strong. You know, other than that, there's no real personal motivations in a lot of ways. Um, with Vegeta, the personal motivations are there, so... Uh, the personal motivation and just like the discovery of, of like you're this whole new thing that you never knew that you were, but also it kind of explains a lot of the weird shit that's been going on in your life for the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you're saying. Um, and then being able to transition that to like, I'm the Saiyan from Earth and I'm a low class. And like also the other theme uh, that, that's like they beat you over the head with and that is uh, the idea of the low class versus the high elite warrior and a low class warrior. Can, yeah overcome uh even the super elite if they train hard enough i think is the stock line for sean Schemmel. um obviously all of those themes are things that come back and forth throughout dragon balls particularly through goku and vegeta's relationship i think that's why vegeta was able to stick around afterwards because it was such a intertwined a personally intertwined fight i think that's honestly a lot of the reason why they've rewritten broly the way that they have to try to intertwine him into Goku and Vegeta's own personal backstory, at least a little bit on the fringes, yeah. you know, and see if they can recapture some of that magic to make him like the third member of the Saiyan gang, be the three amigos instead of the Goku and Vegeta show. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think Saiyan arc being the best arc was uh, an unpopular take that I read and said, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, good point. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Um, second unpopular take. Uh, Dragon Ball Z had the uh, worst ending of all the series. I like that one. For sure. Makes me think about it when I hear someone say it. 
But why is it the worst ending? Because fucking they just fucked off forever and we're like, that's the end of it, guys. You know... Here's this alternate reality shit, and when we're I, not going to do this anymore, and it's whatever, I, whatever. When I first read it, I was like, come on, man. And the Dragon Ball Z is not that bad. He goes off and trains Oob, and he starts fighting for the next generation. That's cool, right? And then It's I, like a mic drop. Like, nah, we're not coming back. Well, then I thought about it a little bit more. And uh, in comparison to how the other three series ends, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super... All of them end on a fairly definitive note. Um, well, I don't know if definitive is the right word. Yeah. When Dragon Ball ended, we know that it's going to roll into Dragon Ball Z the following week. All right. And I believe the last episode is their wedding. Is that right? Yeah. They're adults and shit. And like, yeah. Like they've already stuff. done the five year time jump. They've already done the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai. Yeah. I believe the last episode of Dragon Ball is, is Goku and Chi getting married. Um, and then Dragon Ball Z starts five years, whatever, four, five years afterwards. Um, and the GT is, in my opinion, the best ending that a Dragon yeah, Ball series has ever seen. Yeah, I agree seen. with that for sure. Um, not only Goku flying away with the dragon, but also the 100-year time jump, Old Lady Pan, future generations of you know Goku and Vegeta family still duking it out 100 years later. That's cool to see. Um, and I like the way that they kind of left it open to future stories, should they ever choose to revisit it. But no, nah, if we ever want to revive the Dragon Ball franchise, obviously we'll go back to that 10-year uh, time frame between <laughs> the end of Majin Buu and the end of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, and the way Dragon Ball Super ended, I found, while super expected and not inspired to have Universe 7 win the tournament, obviously... I thought that it was pretty um, at least satisfying. And I like that they give you the tease at the end of that episode where they're like, make sure we'll see you soon. You know, make sure you come back soon. We'll be back. Um, The end of Dragon Ball Z, thinking about it, it stacked up against those three things. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of whack. Wait a minute. Goku wants to train the new next generation. Since when? Since when the fuck is Goku about the next generation? Not very often. Um, touches of it with Gohan at the end of Cell, um, but then he ends up coming back in Majin Buu and then just sticking around after Yurani uh, Baba gives up the life for him. So, um, yeah, what about this next generation thing? And then, and then he hits he hits go uh, he hits Majin Buu with the spirit bomb at the end of it. Dang, that's all that Goku wishes for. He wants to be able to fight Majin Buu again, but he wants him to be a good person. It's not, hey, be reincarnated as a young Indian boy so that way I can train you up to defend the universe <laughs> and I can retire. It's, I want to fight somebody strong again, preferably you, preferably in a non-evil body. Can we make that happen? And then four episodes later. So the last, so he beats Kid Buu, and then you got episodes two eighty eight through two ninety one of Dragon Ball Z, where they do this, you know, ten year time jump, and we're waiting around looking for Oob, this new reincarnation of Kid Buu, and then Goku's like, "All right, yeah, you're pretty strong. Oh, you don't know how to fly or use key, really? All right, I'll train you. We need to make sure the next generation is ready to go." And then he ditches his fucking kid. Then he ditches his fucking wife. And his two kids, his granddaughter, uh, and just says, hey, I'll, I'll see you. And f- doesn't even finish the tournament. He hasn't even finished the fight. They just fly away in the middle of the ring. Nobody knows what the hell happens. Yeah. 
How did they end that Tenkaichi Budokai? Right, dude. I, I assume that that round would probably just be X from the bracket, and then you readjust the bracket from there. But whatever, it's not a big deal. That's not what we're here to talk about. Were they the final fight? Dragon Ball Z, the ending, is pretty bad. I mean, maybe not bad, but when you're comparing it against the other endings of the Dragon Ball series, yeah, it's definitely the worst. And then we're moving on to the final unpopular opinion that I read that I said, oh, that's a pretty good point. And this one is, Yamcha always gets the shit end of the stick. Now, I know that um, the way that I just said that isn't particularly an opinion. I stated it more as fact. But looking back at old school Dragon Ball, OGDB is what we call it here at the show for short. If you want to hear some OGDB podcasts, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super um, Yamcha, for the most part, in Dragon Ball, after the initial... Um, in the first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball, Yamcha is used initially as a villain, and then he kind of works his way more into like an ally to the team, even though he's just kind of just a creepy weirdo trying to sniff Bulma's uh, panties. But um, he ultimately, throughout the entire 13 episodes, is very much a gag. Um, Yamcha and that piece of it go away. Goku goes off and trains with a turtle hermit for a bit. We meet Krillin, and the martial arts part of Dragon Ball is very much entrenched. Now, you and I recently watched the OGDB where Yancha comes back at the beginning of the Tenkaichi Budokai, 21st Tenkaichi Budokai, and he is uh, much less of a joke. Like, he's been out in the woods training real hard, trying to become a better martial artist because he wants to keep up with Goku. Yeah. And from that point forward, they treat Yamcha very differently in that series for the most part. Um, he is very much the guy who um, goes up against the big bad villain first and then gets his ass whooped, and he's kind of taken out of commission. He's almost like serves in like that Vegeta or Piccolo kind of role throughout Dragon Ball. Um, he And then he, and then, what is it, the 22nd, 22nd Budokai? Like, he's the guy who Tien fucks up first before he fights Goku. Tien does the most brutal leg break on him, just like, up in the air and just comes down flat on top of his leg, right above his knee. With his knee, it's just like, like, ah, uh, so fucking brutal. Like Yamcha yeah. is a character that's you know, while he's always the guy who ultimately has to fall before Goku can step in to save the day, he's a character that's treated generally okay. I mean, he still has that gag and that chip tooth uh, piece of it that's always gonna kind of follow him around. But once we get to Dragon Ball Z. Almost immediately, he is made a punchline so much to the point that a little green Martian kills him and a clown fucking hangs out a little bit longer than he does. <laughs> a little clown with one little hair and stupid red little makeup on his cheeks and he's got <laughs> psychic abilities that'll cause you internal pain, which I would amount to maybe having some mild indigestion. So that clown makes it longer than Yamcha does in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Yamcha then proceeds to go to King Kai's planet, seemingly doesn't learn anything fucking useful, and then he comes back to Earth just to have Vegeta swoop in and steal up his fucking girlfriend. Oh, you've been dead for a year? Yeah, I've been banging your girl. Anyway, you can move out now. I'm Vegeta, and this is my house. <laughs> and then we get to the thing like Dragon Ball uh, Super, where he is essentially a meme. He's just a meme. And I think it's episode 
I think it's 70 is the the Dragon Ball Super Baseball episode. It's either 69 or 70. I think it's 70. Um, that whole episode is just like making Yamcha being a lovable loser who always gets his ass whooped. That It just makes that a celebratory thing. And I never really thought about how far he has fallen from that early part of how he was considered in early Dragon Ball. Yeah. Like, I always knew that it was there, and, like, just because more more powerful characters get introduced, obviously he's going to be devoted in the hierarchy, but... Um, he's the only one. I mean, even Tien has a hell of a lot more. And, and Tien, Krillin, Yamcha, I think we probably all say that uh, Tien and Krillin are more powerful than Yamcha and, you know, current-day Dragon Ball Super or whatever by, you know, leaps and bounds. But if you want to group those three people together... Because they're humans. Because they're humans, even though Tiana's a third eye. But, yeah, he's a human, guys. Um, the, all three of those humans, uh, Tiana and Krillin, are held in so much higher regard. Like Even in the moral arc that we're reading now, like, Jocko asks where the Baldies are, meaning Krillin, Tien, and Goku's son, Gohan. Mm-hmm. Yamcha? Fuck Yamcha. You don't know who Yamcha is. He's not concerned about Yamcha. No. But back in the day, he was Goku's number two. Uh, you know, or you know, number three, I guess maybe you could say if uh, maybe Krillin was around. Um, but whatever, it was a trio. Um, Yamcha constantly getting the shit under the stick. Uh, is a funny trope that comes in through Dragon Ball. Um, all too frequently, it's abused, and I think it's horseshit. And I feel bad for Yamcha. That's right, I said it. Y'all motherfuckers made a pop of his death. All right, he <laughs> took a dead Yamcha and sold it for nine ninety nine. <laughs> You got it? I don't got it. Mike Norm's got it. Nice. I that's literally seriously note like and I, I realize that I'm talking about this point today after I've have thought about it, but now that I'm tracing it back, I remember not buying that pop because I was like, Oh, dead Yamcha, ha 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 I get it. <laughs> like I'm all set with that fucking joke. Like, hey, why don't you fucking tell me that Goku's a bad dad and that Piccolo is Gohan's real dad too? Why don't you fucking make that joke? Hey, why don't you say it's over 9,000 at the end, too? Yeah? <laughs> Go ahead. Say it. Terrible. Ugh. Literally, all the fucking things that I hate about Dragon Ball, <laughs> I just said in the last sentence and a half. Uh, all right. Unpopular Jimmy take opinion. Jimmy take take opinions. Take Go. My unpopular take is that the Frieza movie is the best of the new movies for Dragon Ball Super. Hmm. Like more than Broly? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I like Broly movie too, but that is a very unpopular take. I think most people in anime Twitter would say that uh, it's the worst of the three new movies that have really? come out since 2013. Fuck that, dude. I think most people would say Broly, Battle of Gods, and then right down here, Revival of F. People are salty that like. They just bring Frieza back out of nowhere, but fuck that. He trained for four months. He earned that shit. I mean, uh, four months versus Goku's 40 years, yeah. This is when you come back and say, but he's a prodigy, motherfucker. Him and his family were super powerful among that already pretty powerful race. Yeah. He didn't have to train. He was just naturally that powerful. Imagine if he did train, though. (laughs) I think that's hilarious. What, me? That he just... 
only had to train a little bit, and he could have been fucking just as good as everybody else. Well, do keep in mind, though, he was in hell sitting there in that cocoon being uh, serenaded by the little marching animals you know, with their their drums and cymbals and shit. Yeah. And he's just sitting there thinking of ways to kill Goku and his brain the entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of like image training. Um, yeah. You know, beginning of Dragon first episode of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, Goku does the image. Well, they do a better job illustrating in the comic, but he does like all the image training with uh, all past villains of Dragon Ball Z. Like it's it's so fucking such an established thing. And so and what do you mean he's just sitting around in hell, being all mad, and then he comes back and trains? I like the way that they. So all right, follow up question to your unpopular opinion. Um, did you watch the revival of F anime episodes? Or did you just watch the movie? Oh no, I watched both for sure. Did you which did you prefer, the anime or the uh or the movie? The movie for sure. Hmm. I think movie obviously was a more superior product in how it was produced. No shit. But the anime, I do like the one aspect of them explaining Freeze's training a little bit more and how he just beat the shit out of Togama every fucking day for four months to the very brink of death. He's like, all right, get in that healing chamber. See you in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love how they compound on that a little bit more. Um, That's a very Dragon Ball thing to do. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the movie is probably considerably better than... It was just such a bullshit thing to get both fucking movies recycled without yeah, the GD back. That's that's the problem for sure. So fucking dumb. Yeah. Ugh. All right. This is already running a little bit long for us today, but before we wrap up, there were a few unpopular opinions. When I get that opinions can't be wrong, but there were some unpopular opinions out there that were um wrong. So I want to address them. <laughs> and at least one of them is uh, something that I just touched on and something I talk about in passing. And whenever I do talk about it, somehow Team Four Star comes up and Dragon Ball Abridged. And yes, Dragon Ball Abridged is very funny and they do a very good job adapting um, the actual sequence of events from Dragon Ball. Um, but they also do a really good job writing jokes. And one joke that stuck around since the early... Uh, days of Team Four Star is how terrible a dad Goku is. And uh, somebody tweeted out that that was an unpopular opinion. This is an unpopular opinion. Goku's a bad dad. Ha ha ha. I was like, I can't tell if you're trying to be ironic about that or what, but let's just take your statement at face value. Your unpopular opinion is that Goku's a bad dad. First of all, everybody says that. Every fucking normie who ever watched a Funimation dub in 2001 knows that. But here's the thing. I don't think Goku's a bad dad. Yep, I said it. Goku's not a bad dad. And uh, I get that he's probably not the most conventional dad and that he wants to go out and fight real strong dudes and would prefer that his son follow in his footsteps so that way he's got another strong dude to fight uh, along the way. And his son, but um, <laughs> he's not a very conventional dad. Doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad dad. Oh, but Piccolo raised him and trained him. Yeah, you know why? Because Goku was fucking dead. Yeah. That's why. Right. Oh well, why was he dead? Because he just full Nelson Raditz and got a Magengo some po through his chest to yeah. save the world. So that's why he's dead. Is that a valid enough excuse for you? 
when you had to fill out the paperwork for Piccolo to adopt Gohan, <laughs> cause for a parent resigning their right to the child, took a Magungo some bow through the chest. I think that's a fucking valid reason. Whoa, what about what about Goten? Uh, first of all, Goku apparently was uh, having sex while he was asleep. One time, I had a girlfriend who'd like to have, try to have sex with me while I was asleep. I caught on to her bruise very quickly. I didn't appreciate what she was trying to do. But Chi-Chi actually executed on that plan. And apparently Goku, one day before he's going off to go fight in the Cell games and get blown the fuck up and blow up King Kai's planet and him and his buddies and all that, apparently Chi-Chi took advantage of her husband Goku and got pregnant. And then Goku, unbeknownst to him, impregnated her, went off and died defending the world again and then decided I'm not going to come back. You know why? Bad shit happens when I come back. If I come back, villains are just going to keep showing up. Bad shit's going to happen. So I'm going to stay dead. The man sacrifices life to save the earth again. And then when given the opportunity to come back to life, unselfishly said, you know what? I put myself and everybody in harm's way when I'm on earth. I'm going to stay dead and just do my thing in the afterlife because I can retain my body. Because, again, I've sacrificed myself with the planet Earth two times. Everything that I just outlined, I think, would fly in the face of the statement of Goku's a bad dad. Goku's not a bad dad. He's just somebody who's kind of busy doing his thing because he's the best at what he does. That'd be like, my dad's a fucking super important brain surgeon who's the only guy who can do this very specific procedure on the East Coast. He never got any time to spend with me. Yeah, but your dad's out there saving people's lives. Literally, uh, let's say, you know, a few a few lives every single day with this crazy procedure that only he can do. I'm sorry that your dad maybe doesn't spend as much time with you, but he's the only person who is able to do what he does. That doesn't necessarily make him a bad parent. Maybe he's not as accessible to you as you would like him to be. Doesn't make him a bad person or a bad parent. Just makes him less present at yeah. times. Doesn't equate with bad. You can be less present. And not a bad parent. You could be less present and a fucking terrible parent. I think less present is probably a red flag of a bad parent. But I've seen parents who, uh, you know, have very demanding work schedules and still make time for their kids. They're not a bad parent. They're just not as around as much as they would like to be. And they're not even dead. And they're not even dead. They didn't fucking blow themselves up for the world not once but twice like Goku did. Stop saying Goku's a bad dad. <laughs> All right, Team Four Star, fucking write that one into your next goddamn script. Yeah. Write the un unbad dad Goku joke now. You made the other one fucking stick so fittingly. Can you please undo the damage? This next take is something that I never thought about because I didn't think anybody would think something this dumb. But I read it and said to myself, that's so dumb. <laughs> and it kind of uh, ties back into something that I just talked about a little bit with uh, Chi-Chi and Goku's relationship. Somebody had the audacity to say that Chi-Chi and Goku... Or a better relationship than Bulma and Vegeta. <laughs> yeah, right. What? What? Listen, I know that I just spent like the last five minutes defending Goku for being actually a really good dad. Oh, I didn't even mention the fact that like I've, I've watched a lot of the pre-Cell game stuff in the last month or so. Some of the moments that Goku and Gohan have in the time chamber are fucking amazing cool like real father some moments like you really see their connection a little bit and how that grows yeah. and how he's learning under goku now instead of under piccolo so like kind of a wash even though piccolo gave him that first training you know it's because yeah, his dad right. was fucking dead and wasn't there to do it himself anyway 
You can't say Goku's a bad dad. What you can say about him, he's a terrible fucking husband. <laughs> he is uh he's a really terrible husband. Now Puchichi, well, I do think that she is a great mother, as I said earlier in the top of this episode. I think she's a loving wife. And uh she I did say also that she uh Puts in a lot more effort on their relationship than Goku does. Bangs him in his sleep. Bangs him in his sleep. I mean, that's taking effort, and you know, maybe it's not effort at that point. Maybe it's illegal, but you know, <laughs> she's still going above and beyond in somebody's definition of that phrase. <laughs> so with Chichi, I think it's important that we uh, acknowledge that she definitely wants to have a successful relationship, but Goku's just like, whatever. I'm dead. I'm fighting. I'm training. I'm eating. I don't appreciate you. I got to go now. Having a job's dumb, Chi-Chi. It would be cool if you'd stop yelling at me. I hate it when you yell at me, and I'm going to fly away from all my tractors and jobly responsibilities because you suck. That's not a very good relationship. You're going to tell me that's better than Vegeta and Bulma? Now, I understand Vegeta and Bulma obviously have the benefit of limitless money. Yeah. So they're never going to have that point of contention in a relationship that Goku and Chi-Chi frequently have outside of the fact that Goku doesn't have a firm grasp on what sex really is and Chi-Chi's taking advantage of that while Goku sleeps soundly through the night. And Vegeta plows, dude. You're goddamn right he does. And not only does he plow, but he plows with some class. Yeah. I'm talking so much class. I'm talking he made sure when he got into uh when he started just living at the capsule corp house you didn't just you know start calling bomb all these willy-nilly names just started calling her woman certain certain is dominance woman if he says it enough eventually the woman will become yours right is that what the thought is yes that's the kelly kapoor joke <laughs> yes charles you wanted me <laughs> if she says it enough he'll eventually charles will want her Oddly, it's not her worst plan. I think Vegeta went in with a Kelly Kapoor thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I've never made that comparison before. But like here in Dragon Ball Super, I mean Dragon Ball G uh excuse me, Dragon Ball Z, you can say in the Boo saga, he's a very detached parent. Um, he's a very detached husband. And Super, his arc has started to come full circle in that second episode, he's taking trunks and Bulma out to a amusement park making good on his promise in dragon ball z we see him uh stand around and opt to not go fight in the tournament of power so that way he can be by bulma's side when buddha is born mm. buddha. um tell me that's a better relationship tell me that's not a better relationship than goku and chi chi goku even says it when they have that exchange before the tournament of power vegeta's like i can't just leave her dude and he's like who cares i was dead so Whoever made that, uh, and I realize I just kind of wrapped that one up quickly. I, I mean, I had to. That's a stupid. That's a stupid thing to say. You're wrong. Yeah. All right. Wrong. Vegetable over Chiku all day. I just made those ship names up really, really easily. I'm ashamed <laughs> of myself. Um. All right. Last opinion, and it's almost kind of too. It started off with the. So originally the take was Dragon Ball Super is worse than Dragon Ball GT. And I thought to myself, that's wrong and stupid and wrong. The first 20 episodes of Dragon Ball GT still exist. So wrong. Although I guess that person could push back and say the first 28 episodes of Dragon Ball Super exist. In which case I'd say, Ooh. good point. 
Uh, Good point. <laughs> but I think Dragon Ball Super is a overall better product than Dragon Ball GT. Fuck the whole double movie fucking TV show bullshit they put me through. Ugh. What? Oh, you mean like having In to the relive the of movies Super? again? Yeah. Yeah. And that not was only so that, cruel, dude. Not only reliving those movies twice, but having to do it with such poor quality. Like they still hadn't figured out the production schedule. There was rumors that things were uh, announced, um, you know, six weeks before the show kicked off, and like that six to seven week runtime was really all that they had. Like no wonder they ran into historically terrible production problems, and no wonder it's taken so long for them to announce Super coming back because they want to make sure they stay far away from that as possible. Obviously, it makes it a little bit easier if they have some comic books to go off of. Um, obviously, the movies, uh, going off those movies to go into the anime probably wasn't their best bet. But whatever, they're just taking their time, picking their spots. Anyway, Super's better than GT. That's fucking, that's, that's, uh, I think that's pretty much a fact in a lot of people's opinion. Um, whoever said that GT is better than Super, your hot take is wrong. All right, straight up. But then, it graduates all together, and it made me think of a, a better question a little bit. I think, anyway. Uh, dra- the the opinion was Dragon Ball Super was a mistake. And I thought about that and said, honestly, of the four categories that we've talked about tonight, unpopular takes that are popular, Super's a mistake. That's fallen into that category before. Uh, it's fallen into my own personal takes in the past. I've thought to myself, man, it would have been fine if they never brought back Dragon Ball Super. I mean, now that it's back, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Why'd you stop? But if it just ended with Dragon Ball GT, it would have been fine. I would have never made this podcast and my life would be a little bit different, but yeah. it would have been fine. Um, unpopular takes that have a point. As much as I was happy to have Dragon Ball Super back, I think it's at least a point worth thinking about. Was Dragon Ball Super a mistake? This is why ultimately I've decided to talk about this last and put it into the uh, your unpopular opinion is fucking wrong category. Dragon Ball Super was not a mistake. If you think it was a mistake, I don't know, man. I mean, that's fine that you think that, but I guess I would ask you what it was that you got out of Dragon Ball in the first place that you felt that bringing back Dragon Ball Super wasn't going to give you again. I love Dragon Ball Super because it is a continuation of, you know, more or less the same fucking stories uh, that I've seen a hundred times over, but it's with the characters that I know and love and come to know, come to um, know what to expect of them. So there's like a certain familiarity and like sense of security of that. Just the overall themes of Dragon Ball of, you know, overcoming your limits and constantly exceeding your expectations and, you know, trying to be better and stronger for the sake of being better and stronger. Um, All of those themes are things that I think resonate very broadly with a large audience, which is why Dragon Ball has always been such a popular thing. It's a very easy thing to relate to because they're big, broad, general feelings that are being communicated to the audience. I don't understand why somebody who would take all of those things away and then from from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, GT, whatever, and then hear that Dragon Ball Super was coming back, see Dragon Ball Super as a, we'll say, complete product, you know, episodes 1 through 131, and then say that it was a mistake. How in the fuck was that a mistake? Did it not encapsulate very much uh, the same kind of themes and principles that I just outlined a minute ago? Did it not? give us something to look forward to every week as a fandom and something for us to, I mean, honestly, I said it last week. Um, we, 
I think it was the My Hero Academia one with feds. So I apologize for repeating myself, but saying it to Jimmy, um, Dragon Ball Super 1 through 131 is a very weird piece of Dragon Ball history. It's uh, actually last week when I said this, I omitted Dragon Ball GT. But I the way that I put it was, it's the first time that a Dragon Ball series has ever aired without a comic preceding it. Um, not true, because Dragon Ball GT did that for a year back in 96, 97. But um, here with uh, Dragon Ball Super, for a long time, and we understood it to be canon coming out of the shoot, you know, unlike Dragon Ball GT where we're like, is this still a part of the story, you know? And then, like, now we know it as, like, this alternate timeline reality kind of version thing. When Super comes back, we're going to have the comic to go off of now. So I think maybe having the th expectations set that way through the comic first will make people a little less reactionary when we start to see things on TV. Also, that kind of takes some of the fun and excitement out of it week to week because we already know. But yeah. My hope is that uh, people will stop saying such crazy, crazy shit like Dragon Ball Super was a mistake. I don't understand how you could watch the product as a whole and not at least get the same Dragon Ball yeah. feels. Um, we've talked about it in the past while we're very critical of it and a week-to-week -week kind of viewing. The broad strokes of Dragon Ball Super, I think, are going to be things that will stand up the test of time as like a love letter to the series you know it borrows so much from early dragon ball has a lot of dragon ball z there are a ton of gt elements there's so many amalgamated pieces of what makes dragon ball as an entire ip great put into dragon ball super like don't always execute well on them but the attention is there and for you to say that it was a mistake and it shouldn't have existed for everything that I've already just outlined, you're wrong. But then you take into consideration that it's reaching a whole new generation of fans, uh, not only in Japan, but across the entire world. Um, and, you know, hopefully when the series does come back, we'll get some simuldub stuff uh, like they're doing with My Hero Academia right now. I think that would be very beneficial for everybody, uh, for Toei. Um, you know, make that impact worldwide. Um, I don't know. I just, for you to think that it was a mistake and it shouldn't have happened. I don't know. I, uh, it's an opinion that I, f I can't fucking strongly disagree with enough. Um, the world is a better place for having Dragon Ball Super. Fuck yeah. There. I've said it. Okay. It is. You have that any is other? True. Correct. You are correct. For um, a dollar. For a dollar. Gogeta or Vegito? Um, so I think that we've hit all of the main takes. We've used the word take. Like a lot, a thousand to lot, <laughs> to lot. <laughs> uh, so we apologize for that. But uh, what are your hot takes? Do you have some hot takes you want to share with us? 401-213-9596. Call us up. Leave your Dragon Ball voicemails for us. Give us your hot takes. Maybe you have some unpopular we opinions of your own. We want to take your hot takes. Maybe it's a hot take that I would agree with, and I can be like, great job, listener. That's a hot take I agree with. Maybe if we get enough of them, we can start to feature one a week, maybe. That's a fucking, that's a tall, that's a tall order for us. Maybe we can use one like once a month. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, call us up. If you got Dragon Ball opinions, we want to hear them. Good, bad, indifferent. Well, not indifferent. If you're indifferent on Dragon Ball, fuck you and stop listening to our podcast, but... Uh, if you have good or bad takes, you know, maybe that ones that I would agree or disagree with, call us up 401 213 9596. 
that being said, guess what, Jimmy? What? We got a caller? Yeah. On the line? Oh, you guessed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They're not on the line. They left us a call on the line. On, on the, the voice line. line. On the voicemail line. Yeah. So I'm going to play that for you. Superdog! What's up, Kyle? It's Marcus from Florida just checking in. Just wanted to represent for the Satan Sinister Six for the year. Uh, just listening to the uh, My Hero Academia podcast. Just want to tell you guys you're doing a great job. Uh, love checking in with that stuff. It makes the shows go by a lot easier for me. Now, week to week, man, I get a little extra whenever I'm watching the shows. Uh, also want to say that uh, I think, you know, I want to, I want to see this succeed. I, w- I want to see you guys do well. Send me my shit, Kyle. <laughs> I keep waiting for my mail and I can't get it. Send it to me. All right, I love you guys. Later. Marcus from Florida, Satan sent us to six, man. Uh, I got to say, that was a really fucking nice message to get, dude. I nice. so appreciate you calling. Um, Send him his shit, Kyle. So, yeah, I didn't get Marcus's address for a while, and then I just kind of forgot to send out the last couple of envelopes. And Marcus is somebody that I communicate with, you know, maybe once every other month here or there. Like, and I apologized to him back then for being like, well, no, I was like, yo, get me your address. And then he got it to me finally. And then I just forgot to send him his stuff. I don't know, Marcus. Send me your fucking address again, dude. I'll send you like uh, some show notes or something. I don't fucking know. But I really appreciate the well wishes, the well wishes, and uh, wishing us success and wants to see us succeed. I'm glad you're liking the My Hero episodes. I'm enjoying doing those a lot because, uh, you know, I gotta come up with weird ass Dragon Ball premises like this to have any decent Dragon Ball content. Because talking about Super Dragon Ball Hero can be fucking whack sometimes when it's only like eight minutes and I'm like, what the fuck just happened in that eight minutes? But Marcus, appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, send me your address. Tweet at me. Not Don't tweet me your address. DM me your address, I think, is probably <laughs> the better way to do it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, if you want to get uh, your voice on the show, call us up with your Dragon Ball hot takes. 401-213- not five. Not six. Jimmy, you got anything else before we close this bitch out? What do I got left? Nothing. You got nothing? No more uh, unpopular Jimmy Jimmy takes? I don't know. I don't know what's popular or not. That's okay. Just give me the... That's what we just call them, the Jimmy takes. The Jimmy takes. All right. I fucks with 17. Is he your favorite Android? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Weird. Why? Because he's so powerful now in the tournament of power. No, dude, just because like he's badass, like in GT. Oh, Super Seventeen. You love yeah, Super Seventeen. Super Seventeen. Ooh, that's the hot take. You love the Super Seventeen saga. Yeah, I do too. And I think that would have been an okay hot take for me to use, but hmm, I think a lot of people have some kind of fondness in their heart for it. It's not a particularly good saga. I just like uh, them opening up the portals to hell. And yeah, like the first episode right? where Goku gets trapped in there and uh, he has to fight Frieza and Cell and little kid Goku like doesn't even power up. He doesn't even go Super Saiyan and he just fucking ruins him. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like they have this crazy, uh, what is it? Hell, not, it's not Hell's Flash, is it? It's something. They have like this coordinated move that Frieza and Cell do together on him. Yeah. He's just like, dun, 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 and he has like this fucking 
uh, Spike from the top of the cave, and he's like running on their can, uh, using the cans on like a surfboard, and just making a complete joke. As it's, <laughs> oh, oh my god, it really is like one of the most underrated Dragon Ball moments in my right. heart. Something that whenever I think of that moment, I do internally get kind of happy. <laughs> the disrespect, Kakashi. <laughs> That's a good hot take. That is probably the best part of it, too, for sure. The disrespect. (laughs) Uh, So good Jimmy take to end it with. Uh, Make sure you rate and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. If you follow us on Spotify, um, cool. I I don't know how I feel about Spotify right now. I'm kind of annoyed with download metrics this week i'm really annoyed with download metrics this week but i'm not gonna harp too much on spotify if you are on spotify follow us there because that's good um what else youtube oh you know what maybe not youtube i think uh i don't know what we're doing with youtube anymore we'll see copa laws baby copa laws yeah we talked about them a few weeks back on an uncut episode if you want to hear more about the uh the COPA laws, the Child Online Protection Act, uh, that's uh, changing the way YouTube is distributing content right now. Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. You goddamn right. That shit's behind a paywall. Um, Instagram at DB Super Dope. Twitter at DB Super Dope. One, um, you can email us too. Get on the mailing list. DB Super Dope at gmail.com. Call us up 401 213 9596. Send in your name.